you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 67 of the Red Diamond Courier. I'm here with you as always, Bob Chichinsky, with my good friend Dog Bark 24. How's it going, man? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for being here, and we are excited as always to be here this week, especially because we have. A big juicy class episode for you guys. Uh, been a little while, and we're excited to be talking about the Night Blades this week. So, uh, finishing, well, getting close to finishing the base game classes here, and we're talking the the sneaky Night Blades this week. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be cool. We're gonna talk all about the class give you uh we're gonna go through if you haven't heard our other class episodes um we go through each of the skill lines uh try and you know give our opinions on each of the skills uh you know let you know which ones are the ones that you're gonna be seeing a lot from other night blades etc whatever and then um give you some ideas of uh some possible builds or builds that we've ran or fought against but of course, we are going to start off with some news because we do have some news this week, which is cool. So, dog, take it away. All right. Well, the Pan Elsewhere celebration is coming up soon. It's going to start from July 22nd and end on August 3rd. If you don't own Elsewhere, you can acquire it from the in-game Crown Store during the event, and it'll be 50% off. And if you're missing Dragon Hold, you can get it through the ESO Plus or the new season of the Dragon Mega Pack, which will include Dragon Hold and the two dungeons. So, or the two DLC dungeon packs. So that'd be cool. Ooh, yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I feel like we said that they should do that before. Maybe it's possible. I'm just gonna say that I'm just gonna say we <laughs> that we did it and <laughs> just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that is cool, and uh, hopefully they continue doing bundles like that in the future. Yeah, and then there's also double drops. Um, there's double reward boxes for daily quests, and uh, Southern Elsewhere Dragon Guard dailies are unlocked by doing some of the quests of the main story. So be sure to start that, you know, as soon as you hear this episode, pretty much, if you want to do uh, dailies on a certain character. And you get to go see Zaji and Casca, so I mean, it's awesome. You also are getting increased resource node rewards, um, not including, like, fishing holes or from creatures, so, you know, your usual stuff. You're going to get your bonus loot from world bosses, dub bosses, and dragons, you know, usual stuff. Um, bonus loot from bosses in the trial, which is Sunspire, and that's how you get like False God. And I think that's really. Oh, I think Yulnukern, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you only Korean. What there was a stamina one in there. Locusts? Yeah. People kinda liked it, but it wasn't the most meta. Yeah. All three of those are pretty good. So you can pick up some of that. Those will also be you know double drops, and then you get uh, two uh, trial coffers from the weekly quests. So it'll be good to do that too. Yeah, and that's also just like if you want to get into the trial and you haven't had it. Like it, it's just sometimes it's hard to get into trials, especially for people when they play like solo and stuff and don't have a lot of friends and not in these big guilds. So like. Uh, that's a really good time to try and dip into that. And, uh, especially if that's, you know, some gear that maybe you've wanted and you're like, ah, I'm never going to get that because I don't do trials. There's going to be a lot of people doing this trial during this time. And, um, like at this point, the groups are pretty good at it. Like you could just stick right with the group and damage the thing in front of you. You're not going to. I uh, need too much advice and it should be a pretty smooth run. So if that's something that you've been wanting to do and uh, Sun's probably something you haven't really experienced, then I would definitely say go try that out because that's a fun trial too. I think that was probably uh, like of the whole dragons in the story kind of thing. That was probably the best uh, dragons as a boss fight, I guess I would say. I would agree. Although, the boss fights are pretty repetitive, though. Especially on normal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, the, the three of them, they are pretty like, alright, here's a different color dragon. <laughs> yeah. But, also, like like you said, it's on normal. So, on vet, a lot different. Yeah. There will also be the uh, elsewhere coffers. You'll have a chance to receive these from dragons, uh, delve world bosses, Chests, safe boxes, thief troves, resource nodes, psychic portals, bosses in Sunspire, uh, looting monsters, or objects like barrels, crates, and backpacks. And that's a few more options compared to the Tribunal event, uh, where they had the similar type coffer style. So, that's pretty cool. If you have a craft bag, it might actually be worth to uh, loot a bunch of, like, the provisioning source items, like, all those different barrels to see if you can get a couple coffers. It kind of just depends on how high or how low the uh, coffer drops chances for everything. I'm going to assume my RNG for it's going to be low, <laughs> personally. Yeah. I don't know why. I just never seem to get those boxes to drop during these events. Yeah, they. I think they had it uh, like either bolded or in caps or maybe both in the articles. So I made sure to you know put it in our notes too because you know <laughs> gotta you know don't want to help lead people astray, right? It's true. It's true. As far as loot from the boxes go, you can get the new Jorenzi Seer style pages, um, and then they also contain crafting materials, zone gear, style items for the zone, um, treasure maps for the zones, uh, transmute crystals, and motif chapters. So, pretty good stuff. Well, mainly the motif chapters and the style items. Treasure maps kind of get repetitive, especially since you'll probably be getting a lot from dragons anyways. 
And of course, they, they have the glorious coffers, which you can get from a daily quest. It's a guaranteed drop for a motif chapter or the Jarenzi style page. So, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that because on one side, like, the Jazenji style is, you know, rare or limited time. So you want to get that as, as much as possible. But I've also pretty much maxed out some of those style pages by now. So could just be like, you know, just a me thing, right? Yeah, but I mean, getting the motif chapters is definitely what a lot of people are, yeah. would prefer, I think. I, I would agree with but that. At yeah. least there's a yeah, at least there's a chance for it though because I think generally that hasn't been a No, it thing. hasn't. It's just been like that one whatever new thing they had. Yeah, and like a lot of the times it's like, okay, here's the new thing. It's got 15 different pieces cuz there's every weapon and every armor piece. And I can't even get them all. I just get stuck with like five shoulders and like, mo you know, some other things. Yeah. But yeah, so motif chapters are good too. Yeah, they're more beneficial, even if you don't use it. And of course, you can get your tickets. There's one for each zone daily. So one in Northern Elsewhere, one in Southern Elsewhere. And then you can get the first part of the mount during this event. So. They probably have what the mount looks like too, so. Beach. Uh, they do apparently. I only know this though because I was listening to Tales of Tamriel last night. Shout out to those homies over there. Um. And apparently, it's a griffin with no wings. Interesting. Yeah, I did not actually look it up, so I'm a horrible podcast host, but what are you going to do? When I heard it didn't have wings, I was pretty sad. Well, I think it's supposed so to be it's not a gonna... Daedric Bean type deal, because you know. Uh, okay, well, now, now I'm looking it up live. Here we go. <laughs> if you look up Griffin okay, So, Daedric, oh yeah, it looks up, it says Daedric something, Matt. Okay, okay, here it is, so... So, anyways, I'm assuming that this is yeah, the one they're talking right. about. It's like a black and red kind of looking griffin. It doesn't have wings on the side. Yeah, that, yeah. You see it there? The quag, quasigriff, quasigriff. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, looks cool. Ark was talking about uh, what, like, sound it will make when you make it roar. And I was like, ooh, man, that is interesting, I wonder. So, uh, yeah, I actually, that will probably be the first one that I actually go for of the things we've been able to put together. I didn't really much care for the personality or the skin. So, I, I actually am kind of excited about that. I haven't cared about uh, event tickets, like, at all this year, so. I do have the pet, at least, so I will be able to, you know, just get the new pieces and put that together. I won't have to start from the bottom because I know also the house will be next time. So I'm going to have to make sure I have enough to put together another pet. But yeah, so new event, man. Uh, sounds sounds pretty awesome, honestly. I'm excited for this. Of course, 
Um, not to derail too entirely, but this is clearly their attempt to stop me from playing uh, the New World beta endlessly, because the dates are almost exactly the same. Uh, but what a unity, you know, so... Gonna have to uh, be spending still a significant amount of time over here in the ESO side of things, uh, earning tickets and motifs and all that cool stuff. No, it's uh, definitely interesting because they're adding like both the uh, year stuff together. So it kind of sucks that there's no like dungeon aspect of it, but then again, that might be a bit hectic. So. You know, then again, I wouldn't want to do Lara Marsalak, you know, like 20 times because it's Lara Marsalak, right? <laughs> yes, very fair. And the other options of that year are not that much better, like Frostfall. So. Yeah. You're going to get killed by lasers a billion times. So, but I mean, you could always just make them double drops, you know, like give people those options, I guess. That, that kind of would have been cool. Yeah, especially since I do actually need to get Hollow Fang on my healer. There you go. Would Even though nice. it's not <laughs> as good as it, you know, you should have had it when it was better. But it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. I tried to get you to get it, but farming that dungeon is almost not worth it. <laughs> I'm selfishly thinking about myself because I still... Can't get the freaking neck out of the cauldron, and I would like to have double drops out of there like two years from now or whatever. God, I hope I get the neck by then, jeez. Yep, you can only hope. Yeah, I know. I can only hope. <laughs> Especially because I don't run it often enough. Uh, what are you going to do? I did run Cloud Rest um, like three or four times here and night with one group, and still didn't get that Sorority Lightning Staff. And I watched some guy get a Reliquence Lightning Staff, and he was like, hey, man, I got the Lightning Staff. And I was like, I know, man. You got the other set. And he's, like, trading with me. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Why are you doing this to my soul, dude? But he got the Reliquin Lightning Staff. <laughs> he was so excited. He still <laughs> gave it to me and everything. He's like, there you go, man. It's like... Okay, like I felt bad, like I he was expecting me to be like, "Yeah, my God!" But like, no, dude, it's not the right one. Um, but I did end up getting three other Sororia weapons too, like mace, maul, and axe, all things that helped my collection at least. But uh, the staff eludes me. However, um, now because I have to finish this thought. I did see that I have the False God Lightning Staff and the other pieces for that, so I'm probably just going to transpose that set to be False God and um, the other set from the Cauldron that I can't think of the name of and put those together until I could get Soraya. I think that that will still improve my overall DPS from the two patches ago build I have on. So, anyways... Now that I've derailed this entirely. See, we brought up Tales of Tamriel and immediately things started falling apart. Um, it's just how it goes. <laughs> so let's talk some Cyrodiil scores before we get into the oh-so-fancy Nightblade class. 
So for the big Bad Grey Host campaign on PC side of things, there it just reset like freaking yesterday. All right, calm down. These are low scores, super wild. Uh, I don't know who won. That's that. That's our bad. But we we've, we've been crazy busy. Any idea on that dog? No, I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> for sure. So, Daggerfall Covenant is in the lead. DC in the lead. We have 760 points. Yes, I know. Very fancy. Ebonheart packed in second. 583 points. Almary Dominion in last with 569. So, um, you know, things could really go anyway from here. And on the EU side of things, we have Almary Dominion up to first with 1K. Evan Hart behind him with 800. And goodness, holy moly gracious, Daggerfall Covenant in last with 29 points. How do you only have 29 points? They got gated. Have any DC that even played? <laughs> but they just gated for 24 hours? We had like five resources <laughs> for like two scoring periods. Yeah. Wow, that's bleak, man. Dog, please tell me things look better on Xbox. No, I don't. But, uh, I mean, it was better than that, but DC's not doing much better. Um, on Xbox, there's 15 days left, and we have AD in first with 49.1k, EP in second with 44.5k, and then DC in last with 44.1k. So there's a chance that we can still pull, push for second, or first, but, you know, we're closer to second, so we gotta get second before we get to first. Then on the EU side of things, we have EP in first with 48k, DC in second with 42k, and AD in last with 38k. Okay, yeah, definitely better than 29 at least. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then for PlayStation, for NA, All American Dominion is in the lead, 57k. Daggerfall behind him at 41k, and Ebonheart Pact right behind Daggerfall at 39k. On the EU side of things, DC in the lead, 52k, Ebonheart Pact at 43k, and AD at 41k. So uh, both sides of PlayStation, the leader is kind of pulling away, and pretty close battle for seconds still at least. So interesting stuff going on, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So... We are going to uh, go finish our PvP talk there nice and quick because we got so much to talk about here for our Nightblades episode. So, I guess let's just start right at the top then, dog. I mean, what is your general opinion on the class? Well, my general opinion on the class, it's, it's, a, it's an okay class, right? Until you take it into PvP, and then you have to kill them all. Like, you cannot trust a Nightblade. If you see someone you know, just walking up to you, questing, holding block, they cloak away, that's an act of aggression, and now you have to kill them. That's just how it goes. <laughs> but, uh, other than that, you know, they're pretty good. I like them. Yeah, 
it's uh it's a touchy situation when you see a knife blade seared. You just you just never know, man. But I do agree that it is a pretty awesome class. It is one that um I really did not play for a long time. And when I finally did, it was like really easy to just fall in love with it. Um high high power threshold um really easy to get a hold of even though it it kind of seems like it might be a more complicated class really not too bad um in pvp it can be a little bit timing and proc centric but you still have enough inherent power to just do whatever you want if that's what you want to do it you just, just go crazy just executing um but yeah so where would you rank it against the other classes um huh i don't know maybe like third oh really number three for you huh yeah or fourth i don't think i've ever even seen you play a knife blade i have a mag blade and okay. a stand blade the sand blade's That's kind of true. You right do now. have your stand blade. That, that was, was like, the first oh, character that's the I ever first made. one. Yeah, that's OG dog. <laughs> yeah. How do you it's know how, your, how uh, you know what cloak was on that character? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my stand blade was probably just about as bad, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for me, actually, also, I'm probably going to put it three. It's in my top three. Um just a lot of fun to play honestly and uh so as you said you have two night blades i also on xbox i have two one of each is stamina mag and i do have a mag blade on pc as well because it's like i said i love my love my night blades even though i have not given it enough love there on pc i did get it to level 50 though so there you go So is that enough hype for you, dog? Are you freaking pumped to talk about these Nightblades, this wonderful class of the base game of ESO? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, good. That's good. Right, what about you, audience? Are you guys freaking pumped? We're pumped. So you hold on to that pumpness because right now we're going to remind you that we are part of the oh-so-wonderful Robots Radio Podcast Network. And it's it's just a great thing, honestly. Like, there's a billion podcasts there, and that's confirmed number. You can go check it out. If you don't believe me, I guess you just have to go count how many are on there and see if you, maybe you like another one. But, for real, robotsradio.net, bunch of other great shows. Go check them out. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Reason in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. All right, dog. 
Let's talk some freaking Nightblade skills, my dude. I went through this, putting this notes together earlier. Yes, that's right, people. I did notes for one time, so of course I'm going to shout it out. It's a big deal. Um, yeah, see, now I've completely lost my train of thought. But regardless, very exciting. Um, just talking Nightblades, like, I don't know. It's, it's fun. And it, just going through all the skills, it's like, oh, my God, I love that skill. Oh, my God, I love this skill just want made me want to get back on my night blades so i think that may be what i end up doing uh maybe i'll go do southern elsewhere on it get ready for the event but anyways let's get started here so uh right off the bat and uh i, I assume you know we'll probably just switch off skill for skill all right that sounds good all right for sure so the first skill line we have is the assassination skill line. Your ultimate for it is going to be Deathstroke. Ravage an enemy with a swift strike, dealing 3,700 magic damage and causing them to take 20% more damage from your attacks for 6 seconds. This is a very popular ultimate. It's also a cheap, very cheap ultimate, so you're going to see it popping all the time. Especially from, well, any Nightblade really, but especially from Stamblades. It's one of their favorite moves to uh, use coming out of stealth on you. And uh, this is going to be, the morph right here is going to be the one they use in particular, Incapacitating Strike. And the new effect with this is, um, if cast with 120 or more ultimate, the enemy is stunned for three seconds, and it's a nasty stun. Like, breaking out of the end cap stun is... Whew. Plus, well slotted, you gain Reeve, which restores 100 magic and stamina when you deal damage with a light or heavy attack on an enemy with a negative effect active on them. Now, in PvP, when you're fighting someone, they're going to have a negative effect on them. It's like a 100% chance, almost. And uh, if you're spamming light attacks and weaving them in uh, like you should, you will be gaining plenty of your uh, main, you know, resource pool. So that's really cool. And like I said, that stun on it is super nasty. And that's only at 120 ultimates. So like I said, this is a really cheap one. Now, the other morph is Soul Harvest. And the new effect on that, it also inflicts the enemy with a major defile, reducing their healing received and health recovery by 16%. While slotted, anytime you kill an enemy, you gain 10 ultimate. Now, that can be um, effective for sure, but definitely the more popular one you're going to see is incap, incapacitating strikes. And if you hear people like, oh, Incap, you're like, what the heck is that? Like I used to be before you played the Nightblade. Now you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's really the night the Stamblades, you know, go to. It's like, oh, we're going to Incap you. I see you, Incap you. And that's what they do. Oh, yeah. They're bread and butter, no doubt. All right, next up we have Assassin's Blade. Thrust a magic blade with lethal precision to stab an enemy, dealing... 410 magic damage deals 300% more damage to targets at or below 25% health. <clears throat> I 
The uh, first uh, morph is Killer's Blade. This converts to a stamina ability and deals disease damage. And it also heals you if the target dies within 2 seconds. Mainly that's for Stam Blades. And then Impale's the other morph and that allows you to use the ability at range. And that's for, you know, Mag Blades. Yeah, and that becoming a ranged XQ is so nasty. Like, it's just almost not even cool. Like, dang. It's like Jesus it's... being, but worse. <laughs> yeah, and it's a far one, too. And you just spam the crap out of it. It's like, oh my yeah. goodness. So, yeah, that's that's uh, your main execute there as a Nightblade. And it's... Oh, man. Lots of kills have been had with that skill, for sure. Next one, we have Teleport Strike. Flash through the shadows and ambush an enemy, dealing magic damage and afflicting them with minor vulnerability for 10 seconds, increasing their damage taken by 5%. So, boom, Teleport Strike. Go flying through the air and slash them. Lotus Fan is the first morph. And it changes some stuff up. So, after teleporting, you unleash a fan of knives, dealing additional magic damage over 10 seconds to the target and nearby enemies. All enemies hit are afflicted with minor vulnerability, just like before, but it's for all the enemies. So, for 10 seconds, they'll all have minor vulnerability, which is pretty nice. And then we have the other one, which is Ambush. This is probably the one uh, I feel like I see more of. And it, the new effect on this one, it also grants you Empower for 3 seconds, increasing the damage of your light and heavy attacks by 40%. So it's only for 3 seconds, but... Um, Stand Blades will use this pretty often to keep that buff up, and the 40% is a pretty, that's, that's a lot if you're weaving in your light attacks like you should be, so, yeah, Ambush is a pretty popular more for that one, I would say, and I, I see that a lot from Stand Blades. Yeah, I agree. A lot of times, uh, Magblades use Lotus Fine and uh, Sandblades use Ambush. So. The next skill is Blur. Surround yourself in a Phantasmic Aura to gain major evasion, increasing your dodge chance by 20% 20, 20 for 26 seconds. The first smurf is Mirage, and then this also grants you minor... Uh, Ward, which uh, increases your physical and spell resistance for the duration. So, it's just another way to get uh, extra resistances. The other morph is Phantasmal Escape. And this one grants you Snare and Immobility. The next, uh, the other morph is Phantasm. The other morph is Phantasmal Escape, and this one grants you uh, Snares and Immobilizations Immunity for 4 seconds. 4 seconds isn't that long, but it could save your life, that's for sure. Yeah, especially since it removes all Snares on impact, so 
you tap it and boom you're free from talents for four seconds and you know when you free from a snare the person fighting you immediately wants to put you back in that snare so. <laughs> yes <laughs> so see if I, uh, I'm chasing you on my tank I'm like nope I'm gonna chain you until you're, I can pull you <laughs> exactly so the next one we've got mark target Expose an enemy's weakness to afflict them with major breach, reducing their physical and spell resistance for 20 seconds. When a marked enemy dies, you heal for some substantial health. And we're foregoing numbers because they, they fluctuate with your level, etc. This portion of the ability scales off your max health. You can only have one marked target active at a time. So this is the Nightblade skill that they will put on an enemy and uh, have like a black reddish kind of light like uh, going up off of them. Similar to the Templar move that puts a mark on them and uh, I believe that one also does Breach too as well, right dog? The Stamina version gives, does Minor Breach. Okay, but yeah, so this one is uh, really good for Nightblades, especially uh, in PvP and uh, also in PvE too. So anyways, but in, you don't need Major Breach much in PvE, but that's just you know a whole different discussion. Anyways, so the morph for the first one, you have Piercing Mark and the new uh, whole thing about this is that you can detect marked enemies even if they use stealth or invisibility for three seconds so that's pretty nice and that's uh one way if you're a nightblade fighting another nightblade you could definitely get an advantage using that if they don't have this skull in their bar the other one is reaper's mark and what this one adds when a marked enemy dies you heal for a lot more and gain Major Berserk, increasing your damage done by 10% for 5 seconds. This portion of the ability... Oh, okay. 10% for 5 seconds. So, yeah. Getting Major Berserk in there. Always nice. Only lasts 5 seconds, though, so I think that's probably why you don't see uh, that, that morph as much. But yeah, this one definitely a good one to have on your bar as a Nightblade. The next skill is uh, Grim Focus. Focus your senses for 40 seconds, increases your crit damage and healing by 2% with every light or heavy attack up to 5 times. While active, hitting an enemy with 5 light or heavy attacks converts this ability into Assassin's Will, allowing you to fire a Spectral Arrow for half cost to deal some magic damage and healing for 33% of the damage dealt if you are within melee range. So, pretty solid skill. The first morph is Relentless Focus. This converts into a stamina ability and deals disease damage. It also increases the duration of it. So, And it decreases the duration just by an additional 20 seconds. So. It's for one minute, which is a very long duration. The other one is Merciless, Merciless Resolve, and this one 
It has a spectral bow that does more damage and heals for more. So does a bit more damage and heals for 50% of the damage dealt. So yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's the one that's more popular is Merciless Resolve. It also used to give you a minor sorcery to have it slotted, and that was pretty sick, but they took it away. So, But that one also, um, or maybe it wasn't to have it slotted, it was to have it on, but regardless, they still took it away. Uh, anyways... That is also a very substantial, like, if you're in execute range, like, you hit him with that bow and it is some nasty damage. That gets us through our active skills of the first skill line, so now we've got our passives. For the first one, we have Master Assassin, which increases your physical and spell penetration against enemies you are flanking. And also increases the duration of the stun from sneak by 100%. Right, the next passive is Executioner. When an enemy dies within 2 seconds of being damaged to you, you restore 1000 Manchika and Stamina. Then we have Pressure Points. Increases your weapon and spell crit ratings by 438 for each assassination ability slotted. That's cool. Time range increases your crit damage by 10%. Dealing crit damage grants you and your group minus savagery. Increases your weapon crit rating by 13, 14, 4, 20 seconds. Those are definitely some decent passives right there. Helping you get lots of crit and penetration, which definitely good. Alright, well, I guess that gets us to skill tree 2 there, dog, the shadow. You want to start this one off? Sure. The uh, first one is the ultimate, which is consuming darkness. Conjure a ring of shadow, reducing the movement speed of enemies by 70%, and granting you and your allies major protection, reducing your damage taken by 10%. Allies in the area can activate the hidden refresh synergy. Granting them invisibility and increasing their movement speed by 70% and healing them for 9,000 health over 4 seconds. So, naturally, whenever Graham's on his Nightblade tank, this that's my favorite, uh, what is it? That's, his, that's my favorite ultimate that he uses because they activate that synergy and I run around like a madman for like 4 seconds, so... The first morph is uh, Bolstering Darkness, and the new effect from this is Major Protection remains on any friendly target who passes through the area and persisting until the ability ends, regardless of where they go. So, that's pretty nice. And the other morph is Veil of Blades, which is enemies in the area take damage over time. So, probably that first morph is better. Especially if you know you have to do mechanics and stuff in a dungeon. You just dip in and go run away. So for the first normal skill we have Veiled Strike. Slash an enemy dealing magic damage. Attacking with Veiled Strike from the flank stuns the enemy for 3 seconds and sets them off balance. So for our morph we have Surprise Attack. And this one is going to switch it to physical damage, making it a stamina ability. And 
It's still the same thing. Sets him off from the flank. So the other more, if it's concealed weapon, now this one, when slotted, your movement speed while sneaking or invisible is increased by 25%. So the most popular one for this definitely is surprise attack. Um, it's used by uh, stand blades far and wide. If in cap is the bread, surprise attack is the butter. These guys have been using that combo for six years and will probably never change. Um, yeah. Alright, the next skill is uh, Shadow Cloak. Cloak yourself in shadow to become invisible for three seconds. The first morph is Shadowy Disguise, and this guarantees a crit strike on your next attack. And it the cost decreases on the ability, ranks up. And the other one is Dark Cloak, and this no longer grants invisibility, but it heals you based on max health and grants minor protection, and it also lasts longer. So, naturally, everyone goes with, you know, Shadowy Disguise because you can still go invisible, so. Yup. That's an easy choice. Yeah. I think Dark... So... Go ahead. I think Dark Cloak is probably more for, like, tanking. Because, you know, you can't... You, there's some point of you going invisible if you're a tank, so... That would make sense, and it does scale off your max health, too. Yeah. And it gives you that minor protection. So... Yeah. Nightblade tanks, man. Want to see more of them. <laughs> so then we have the Path of Darkness. Actually, you just know, speaking of that, didn't our uh, one of our good guildy friends, Zekin, didn't he play a Nightblade tank when we first met him? I think so. Yeah, Somebody maybe. played a Nightblade tank. Yeah. <laughs> I hear him, Jero. Anyways. So for our next one, we have Path of Darkness. You create a corridor of shadows, granting you and allies in the area major expedition, increasing movement speed by 30%. The effect persists for four seconds after leaving the path. Now the morphs, we have Twisting Path. This one is going to also deal damage to enemies in the target every one second. Or the refreshing path, which is going to heal you and allies in the path every second. So um, this one is what is going to pretty much morph into your damage AOE if you're using this for PvE DPS. It also, PvP can be a good one um, to throw down, gets a little AoE damage, you move quickly within the path. Um, yeah, stuff like that. It's. Um, I feel like I don't see it being used as much anymore, but it's definitely a staple for Nightblades. Yeah, I don't think it's very often. I think the most I see it's actually in PvP and... Usually, like, someone will drop it uh, pretty frequently on, like, when you go inside the breach, so. Yeah, okay, fair enough, yeah. Especially since Rapids no longer hits your allies, so. You have to find a new way to give everyone major expedition. True that.
The next skill is an Aspect of Terror. Summon a Dark Spirit to terrify up to three enemies, causing them to cower in fear for two seconds. Uh, this morph increases the amount of targets who can be feared. It can now fear six enemies. And the other morph, Manifestation of Terror. This creates two traps instead, which fear enemies when triggered. Most people go with Mass Hysteria because you can fear multiple people. Or more people. Also, you see annoying bombers who will do that right before their bomb. So even people that are blocking, they they can't you can't block a fear, right? So they just cancel anyone who is blocking and then they bomb. And it's really annoying. And I hate it. <laughs> yep, dog hates it. <laughs> yeah, I hate getting bound. Yeah, fear is a nasty one, man. It's uh, definitely as well a staple for Nightblades. They've been using that forever. Yep. And then we have Summon Shade, which is also a popular one among the community, but I personally never liked it as a Nightblade. Anyways, summon a Shade version of yourself to attack an enemy and fight at your side for 15 seconds. The The Shade slashes at an enemy, dealing magic damage once every 2 seconds. So every 15 seconds, it's going to get 7 attacks in. The Shade's attacks inflict minor maim. Reducing the enemy's damage done by 5% for 4 seconds. This ability scales with your highest offensive stats. Your morphs, we got Dark Shade. And this pretty much is going to make it last longer and deal extra magic damage. And then we have Shadow Image, which is a little bit different. It reads, summon a shade version of yourself to stay in place and attack an enemy from range for 18 seconds. The shade shoots at an enemy, dealing magic damage every 2 seconds, and also the minor maim still uh, that lasts for 4 seconds. While the shade is summoned, you can activate this ability again to teleport to the shade's location. This ability scales. So... Pretty much, you drop your shade, and then go fight, and then press the button again, and you just are immediately transported back to your shade, and safety. And I blaze that all the time, and it's super annoying to me. I just can never perfect (laughs) the use of it, so, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, people use that all the time. It's really annoying when a bomber uses it, because he'll bomb, he'll do some stuff, and then he'll, like... use that back to go back like up top on the keep or anywhere yeah. else and then he'll go run and hide and you won't see him again until he bombs again and it's really frustrating <laughs> <laughs> that is an accurate description or even better is that you have a stand blade who will just be i'm gonna be an annoying stand blade blah 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 and then you get him almost dead and then he uses that and then you never see him again because he almost <laughs> died Man. Key thing is never seeing them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, so next up are some passives. The uh, first one is Refreshing Shadow. This increases your health, stamina, and magic recovery by 15%. That's just a awesome passive right there. The next one we have Shadow Barrier, casting a shadow ability, which is the ones we just listed off in the skill line. Grants you major resolve for 6 seconds, increasing your resistances. This duration is increased by 25% for each piece of heavy armor equipped. So, uh, if you're doing like 
five light too heavy. That will increase by 50%. Just saying. Yep. The next one is Dark Figure. Increases your maximum health by 3% for each shadow ability. Solid. And then we have Dark Veil, which increases the duration of your non-invisibility-based shadow abilities by 2 seconds. Thank God it doesn't increase the invisibility-based one. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> when they uh, changed that initially, uh, everyone was angry. Not me, because I was, I mean, I guess I was kind of angry, because I used that character for, uh, running through the Dark Brotherhood Thieves Guild content. Yeah. But other than that, I was like, I don't care, I can just, I'll just play my Magblade now, I can cast it however much I want, so. I have Magicka Pots. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's start this last of the skill lines here, the siphoning skill line. So for our ultimate, we have Soul Shred. This reads, Ravage nearby enemies' souls with a night rune, dealing magic damage and stunning them for 4 seconds. An ally can target a ravaged enemy and activate the soul leech synergy, dealing extra magic damage to them and healing for the damaged cause. So this is the you know popular bomber one, the run in there to a huge crowd and uh you know pop this ultimate off everyone gets stunned it does a lot of damage you know you've seen it for sure so the morphs we have soul siphon which pretty much is going to turn this into a heal sanctify your soul and the souls of nearby allies with the night rune healing for 3600 health and additional health over 4 seconds. You and your allies will also receive major vitality, increasing your healing received by 16% for 4 seconds. Plus, they could still use the synergy on a nearby enemy to deal magic damage and heal for the damage caused. That morph is actually fun to use inside of dungeons, because it's just like you go in thinking that you're going to bomb, but in, in reality you just heal your friends. And it's a fat heal over time, too. So. That's cool. Yeah. I've only used that in dungeons. I'm like, alright, this is fun, but now I need to get a real morph for it, so. <laughs> yeah, and the real morph, per se. Uh, we have Soul Tether, which pretty much just uh, increases the damage. Increases, uh... Oh, okay, so... Uh, what it adds is that ravaged enemies are tethered to you for 8 seconds, and while they remain within 10 meters, you siphon health from them every second. So that's cool. And you heal for half of the initial damage cost. Okay, there we go. So that's definitely the most popular one. Yeah, that's the one that bombers use. So. Or really just anybody. Like any magic of maglade yeah it's a good aoe one the first ability is strife stealing enemy's life force stealing some magic damage and healing you or a nearby ally for 50 percent of the damage inflicted every two seconds for 10 seconds the first morph is funnel health this heals up to two targets instead of one and the other ability is swallow soul and this drastically increases the damage and heal is decrease and only targets yourself. And man, 
This has got to be the most annoying skill in the game. Especially when you hear Magblade spamming it on you. Because <laughs> it's just so annoying. And I'm not much better because when I'm on Ma- Magblade, this is my spammable. So I spam it on, on other people. And I feel bad because it's like, one, I hear the noise because I'm using the skill. But they also hear the noise because I'm using it on them. And it's just a lose-lose situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely the spammable for sure. Yeah. Then we have Malevolent Offering. Sacrifice your essence, healing an ally in front of you, but draining your own health. Never got this skill personally. No, not big on it. Healthy Offering, the first morph, which is going to be while your health is being drained, you gain minor mending, increasing your health healing done by 8%. So at least you will heal them a bit more, I guess. Or Shrewd Offering. It reduces the cost, and it heals them for a bit more. Slightly more. Pretty much, uh, don't use that skill. <laughs> I don't know. I never liked it. Um, as far as, like, the Nightblade healer would go, that's kind of like your burst heal, but it's not really something that you want to use a lot, so. Because it stacks. That's dangerous. The more you use it, the more health you drain. Oh, wow, really? Dang. Yeah, yeah that's, ooh gotta be careful yeah especially in pvp the uh next skill is cripple staff an enemy's agility and rack them with pain dealing magic damage over 10 seconds and reducing their movement speed by 30 percent for four seconds their first morph is debilitate uh this increases the snare potency and each tick applies the overcharge status effect and it uh, gives minor magic a steal. The other one is Crippling Grasp, which uh, converts some of the damage over time into more upfront damage and immobilize the enemy on impact. So, this is one that you see because immobilizations are really good in PvP. So, yep. Yeah, and Cripple is like a really solid dot too to like put on someone. When I play my Nightblade, I'll love to put like um degen and then cripple and i'll have my dots on them when i already start you know attacking them so just a good dot and a good uh immobilize then we have siphoning strikes imbue your weapons with soul stealing power causing your light and heavy attacks to heal you for uh, you know 1400 health for 20 seconds Fully charged heavy attacks restore twice the value. So, that's awesome. Your morph leeching strikes in, um, pretty much is going to make it where you restore up to uh, 4,200 additional stamina when the effect ends based on the length of a time leeching strikes was active. Or we have siphoning attack, which is going to do the same thing but for magicka. And the difference there is that uh, one is the magic ability and the other one's the stamina ability. So, yes, and also, uh, not only do you restore health from light and heavy attacks, but for leeching, you will restore a small amount of stamina per light and heavy, and for siphoning attack, you will restore a small amount of magicka per light and heavy. 
So just good thing to have in your bar, good buff to throw on. Um, it's going to help you keep your resource pool and health up. And yeah. The last skill is Drain Power. You siphon the vigor from your enemy's blood, dealing some magic damage to all nearby enemies. If an enemy is hit, you gain mage brutality and sorcery, increasing your weapon damage and spell damage by 20 by 20% for 20 seconds. The first morph is power extraction. This converts into a stamina ability that deals disease damage and applies minor cowardice to enemies hit. And the other ability is Sap Essence, and this also heals you and your allies. Heal is stronger for each enemy hit. And you'll see bombers use this pretty much usually before their bomb, and they'll be spamming it after their bomb, trying to kill whoever they can. Yeah, and it usually works when they spam it after a bomb. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, alright, I survived the bomb, but... The guy was just spamming that, and I he got like two other people, and I died because of vicious death. So, yeah, vicious death and a cult freaking explosion or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was obnoxious. So that's gonna do it for the active skills for this line. We do still have our passives. The first being catalyst. After drinking a potion, you gain twenty ultimate. Which is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty decent amount of ultimate. Especially when their uh their ultimates are really cheap, so Yeah. The uh next one is Magica Pool. Increases your max of magica by eight percent while a siphoning ability is slotted. Then we have Soul Siphoner, increases your healing done by 3% for each siphoning ability slotted. Uh, next up we have Transfer, cra uh, casting a siphoning ability while in combat generates 2 ultimate. This effect can occur once every 4 seconds. And if you're in PvP, you're always in combat, so there you go. <laughs> and then that wraps up all of the uh, passives for that skill tree. There you go, man. So that's going to put a cap on Nightblades for it. Hope you guys all enjoyed us going over uh, these skills and it informed you a little bit. They're not our main class, but we definitely uh, both have some experience. So we tried to give you as much about each skill from our perspective as we could. So before we wrap things up, we do have a, just a little bit more. We wanted to talk some of our uh, mag blade builds we've done. We can talk stam too, but it's depressing. Um, so uh, I'll start it off. Uh, my favorite memory as a Nightblade was when I got to be Emperor on it. Um, of course, right? What could be better? Than being an Emperor Magblade running around Cyrodiil with infinite magic and magic recovery. Just invisible pretty much uh, for the entirety of the time as Emperor. Um, it was a good time. It was back in the day when Slodes had just came out. And uh, <laughs> if you don't know Slodes, man, it was broken when it first came out. It was overpowered. And it was bad. It was and really it worked bad. off of Siege. 
<laughs> it worked off everything you wanted it to. It was amazing. And, uh, yeah, so don't judge me. But I totally was like, all right, I'm going to be that dude running slows. And we're in undervets. And I may or may not have been running colded out slows with weapons. And I also may or may not have vetted out at the end of the campaign in undervets. So then I was running like gold, vicious death, and gold <laughs> slows. I might be a bad person. I'm not sure. It's, the jury's still out on that one. But um, yeah, that was so fun. And uh, progressing past that, that character really became a Battlegrounds character for me. I love, love, love playing Nightblade in Battlegrounds. It's just really fits that combat style for me very well um i ran the same build for years on it it was calurians war maidens and zon it was awesome like it's a little proc heavy and you gotta time it a little bit but you also like i was saying earlier you don't even have to <clears throat> like you could just kill them with your inherent power the procs are just there to help honestly and if they go off both of them at the right time it's a like game over um so yeah it was so much fun there was a point where <clears throat> that build just kind of fell off and i started trying to mix up like trying to i would mix war maidens out and try and mix in like spinners or vicious death but then they upped War Maidens, and I put it back on, but I haven't really messed with it that much since. So I would assume it's still a pretty solid build, honestly. My mag plate is similar, but instead of War Maidens, I run New Moon Acolyte because War Maidens got buffed and New Moon got nerfed, and haven't really switched it around. And I have Gold New Moon. And I don't have a spare gold war maiden, so but it still runs just as good. I mean, I just have to be more uh, conservative of Magicka, even more heavy attacks. But I've gotten pretty good with it. Um, I also have a bomb blade. I uh, use vicious death, bulwarks, and new moon. Um, I kind of suck at bombing, but then again, I haven't had too much practice yet, so I've probably only been able to do like three or four bombs and. They weren't good bombs. I don't think. I think I killed like two people on one bomb. The other three were just like, up, oh, okay, I'm just gonna cloak out and you're never gonna see me again. <laughs> Classic Nightblade move. And yeah, that's my bombing experience, but. What about your oh so magnificent stand blade? <laughs> my oh so magnificent stand blade. Well,. The first time that I was playing with it, you know, in PvP, I didn't know what sets were, so that was fun. I didn't know, pretty much I didn't know anything. I don't even know what I was doing on that character. I think that I might have been one of those, you know, annoying Nightblades that just run around and snipe people. Except for I was bad at sniping people. So, really, I think I just shot some arrows and hope for the best. I had wow, no idea. Man. Oh, no, I was using Flurry a lot. That was my thing. I use flurry and probably I use flurry and I shot arrows. So that that's the stand nice. blade for you. And that was Dog's first character, but somehow he still continued to play. <laughs> Actually, I uh, more recently I swapped it over to a Kashyyyk called This One Snipes, and that's all I do on it is snipe. 
<laughs> I've embraced the uh, annoying Stamblade meta. Of there you go. Well, dog, I think that's going to wrap it up for us, unless you have anything else, my man. No, that's it. All right. So, just a little behind the scenes for you guys. It's Sunday night. Our, uh, we know, we know, all right, that we haven't been producing episodes at our normal frequency. Uh, thank you for not pointing it out and shoving it in our faces. <laughs> we are, um, you know, living life and doing all kinds of uh, other stuff as well. But we are still uh, here always. And we're trying to regulate things. So we're trying Sundays for the moment. It's been two Sundays in a row. It's been good. So we're going to see how that continues. And I'm digging it for the moment because I get to tell you guys the brand new weekly endeavors because they just came out. I'm so happy right now. So this week we got three possibilities as always. They reward you with 225 endeavors. Kill 15 players in Cyrodiil. Excavate 25 antiquities or complete seven dungeons. And I don't want to start another tangent, but just talking about weeklies, like I'm, I like the weeklies. I feel like the weeklies are in a good place. They get you to, they have options all over. They're a pretty, like, decent amount of, like, getting you to go do something. I don't know. The dailies have been okay, but the weeklies seem on point to me. Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, I think if it's like you're just trying to do it like last minute, like I do like how a lot of times there's one that you can easily get done in like 10, 15 minutes, maybe a half hour. So and I think that one is what, five antiquities or 10? 25 antiquities. 25? I mean, you can get that done in like an hour so. if you really wanted to yeah go to freaking arteum and just do the green ones over and over like, yeah 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 all right so we hope you guys enjoyed listening to us talk about some freaking night blades and the awesome powerful class that is the nb so dogged take us out my dude where can the people find us all right, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us in our ESO or Xbox Guild of Airs the Red Diamond, which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, and it's not hard, just scroll down a little bit from you know where you're looking at our episode. <laughs> you can see all these awesome links. Links to our sponsors that can give you discounts to them while giving kickback to us. Links to our merch store. Links to our music producer. All kinds of awesome stuff. And if you've got extra time in your day and you really love us as much as we love you, we would absolutely love to hear from you in the form of a review on any of the podcast uh, suppliers that you listen through that uh, provide a place for you to put a review apple podcast is the primary that we're able to check and if you leave a five-star review with some words we will gladly shout it out from the mountaintops here on our magnificent 
oh so wildly popular podcast and yeah it would pretty much uh makes us cry for at least one week every time we get a review so thank you guys for uh all that thank you guys for the support we love being here for you dogged people want to talk to you where can they do that all right you can find me on xbox twitter and esopc all at dogbar24 so yep that's me and find me anywhere that you find bob chinsky and that's going to be with an underscore on Twitter, Twitch, or ESO. And it's going to be with the space on Xbox. Thank you guys so, so much for hanging out. It's been another great week. Can't wait to come back next week and talk some more ESO with you. And we will catch you then. Yep, see ya. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.